Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to The Mentor. I'm Mark Boris. A good business idea is just the tip of the iceberg, meaning you start to realize as you build your idea, all the other possible products that can spring from it. You can't help thinking about those other opportunities, and that's a sign of a great entrepreneurial mind. Scott Madden and Ellie Nelson are partners in life and are small business co-owners on the central coast of Australia. It all started with Scott opening up his gym, and it was called Body Movement. From there, they opened a smoothie bar called Bolarama in 2019, and they've just launched their protein supplements, Forward Form, FWD Form. And all this time, L continues to operate the gym. And Scott and L have arranged their businesses to combine the multi-level needs of their customers, that is exercise, diet, and supplementation. So, one of the questions that comes up, when is it better to outsource or vertically integrate your business by insourcing? When does that make sense? So let's get into it. Elle Nielsen and Scott Madden, welcome to The Mentor. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for having us. We've got a lot to cover here. Uh, you guys are business partners, obviously, but are you partner partners like we are. as well? Yeah. Yes. Okay. We've been in a relationship for four years. Ooh, four, four years? Four years. Get it right, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fuck that one up. That's it. That's it. But we've been, we've been friends for about, let me get this one, nine years. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah so, so, okay, let's just start off. With the body movement gym. Yeah, so it originated back, um, I'm going to say 2012, and I was working out of a commercial gym as a PT and built up clients up to about 60 clients. And I was super passionate about being a personal trainer and loved every aspect of it. What happened was I was just too busy that I couldn't continue to fulfill my enjoyment because I had so many hours that I had to keep up on top of. Can you just explain how that works? So you've got 60 clients. Let's say one hour per session? Yeah, one hour. Yeah, so 45 minutes to an hour. But when you're starting out, you almost want to over-deliver. I'm very big on, you know, while I'm young, I've got the energy and I'm willing to put in the work. I grew up and not unfortunate, but I had very little money growing up. Um, I remember a time when I was with my family, well, with my mum, my, my parents divorced and I was at a time where my mum had no money. I had no money. And I was sitting in Centrelink. Back then was maybe 2009, I think it was, or 2008. Super hard to get a job. And for us to get paid our fortnightly wage, uh, I think at the time it was it was 400 bucks a fortnight, so 200 bucks each. I never wanted to be in that position ever again. So basically, what happened was I shot off to Thailand just to get away from everything, clear my head. And then I was doing a lot of kickboxing over there. 
basically found my love for fitness. I wanted to get into personal training. I never wanted to be in that position again where I was living off 200 bucks a fortnight with my mom trying to get by. So I was willing to put the work and effort in. I was in TAFE for about a year. At the time, I managed to get a job doing landscaping. For me to continue to get paid, I had no other time. So I had to do night TAFE. And then it was your Cert 3 in fitness, which allows like your group training. And then your Cert 4, which is more one-on-one. What was it entailed? They do touch on business, but a lot of it revolves around like movement. So, you know, a pre-assessment of a client. So if a client comes through the door and they're willing to get, sign up with a trainer, how do you analyze and break down that the client, where they're at, um, you know, how, how far you can push the client? Um, if the client needs any rehab work, do you need to outsource? So they do break, break it down. Um, but a lot of it is kind of, for me at the time, it was more so, I just got to get my certificate three and four, then I'm qualified. Then I can start studying and looking more into things that I actually really enjoy. Yeah, like private study though. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Or like, um, you know, getting coached by people that are an up and coming, you know, people that are doing amazing things, go under their wing, get PT'd by them. So who did you go? What did you do then? So um, you- at the time it was actually Sebastian Oreb. So he was, um, uh, I think he's still the Australian strength coach. So, you know, he was super strong guy from North Sydney. Um, he was costing me about 250 bucks to see him, um, which back then it was a lot of money, you know, just to see a guy mm-hmm. for 45 minutes. And um, I was just like a sponge, just soaking in every bit of knowledge I could. How did you then find your first client i vaguely remember this would have been about 10 years ago but i found a bit of a hack in the system so when you go on the floor you've got to come up with 300 dollars a week to pay rent that's important too by the way that's one of the models yeah they say you want to use our premises you pay us 300 bucks a week rent there's the other part where you pay a hundred bucks a week rent but you've got to clean the equipment for six hours a week so they save on cleaners. Yeah. So I was like, look, I'm, I haven't done all this work to be a cleaner. So I basically said, put me straight on, on the full rent because that's what's going to give me the drive is I know that I've got to come up with 300 bucks that week. So I went to the manager and I said, give me a printout of all the people that haven't been here for three months. And then he's like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. And I'm like, why? And he goes, because that's we can potentially wake up the dead. I was like, what do you mean? And he said- um, You don't want everyone to turn it up. You, you, like, yeah, or you can, they, they all go, oh, wait, I've got a membership yeah, there. Like, hang on, yeah. hang on, let's cancel that. So I ended up just doing it anyway. Got one of the chicks to print me it all out and I just went through the whole list. So literally all day I'd sit on the phone and call up Sarah and go, hey, Sarah, it's Scott here, I'm a new PT. I noticed you haven't been in for three months. Look, do you need any help? And Basically, not a sales pitch. I was just being natural. Just how can I actually help this person? And then um, I said, look, I'm doing something free and um, come down and let's let's see where you're at. And then she'd be like, oh, okay, let's do it. So they'd come down and I'd try and use that to be, okay, how can I turn this into a client? And, you know, there's a lot of time that was wasted, but that's what I needed to do in order to get 60 clients. So and- sometimes a spray technique works. You only have to hit one. Yeah, you spray 100, get one, Yeah, do that 60 times over, you get 60. Well, it's either I sit on the phone in the office and call all these people or what else do I do to get clients? Do I go down in the street and hand out cards? Like, um, And it was daunting, but the more you do it, the better you get at it. Yeah, totally. So you built 60 clients and you realised what? There was no longevity in maintaining these 60 clients. Like I loved it and it was getting to a point where I was thinking, okay, how do I keep doing with what I love without burning out? So the next step for them was 
to buy and to go into a gym. So there was a guy that I met. He um, had this space and he's like, look, I want someone to come in and run it. I'll have a crack. And at the time it was 12000 bucks To buy the lease. Yes. Yeah, so he was the landlord. So he right. owned the property. He was a naturopath as well. And he saw a lot of clients upstairs of this gym. And I was going in and basically I was buying all the members from him. So he said, you know, there's $12,000 of memberships here. And I was like, okay, cool. All right, I'll do it. And then I went in. I didn't really know what kind of members I was buying or anything, but I've gone in and I've plugged in my stereo and everything and put on like Drake and all that. And then I've seen a couple of members rock in and I'm like, okay, this is this is not, not the right my age demographic. <laughs> <laughs> or like older rehab people. And, and, um, then all of a sudden I started getting all these cancellations. In the first three weeks, all these members that I bought, they were in a contract, but I wasn't going to take over the gym and go, hey, you're in a contract. You, you contracted to me now. Nah, you're not getting out of it or you've got to pay X amount. I was just like, you know what? That's okay. That's all right. So they all cancelled. My clients at the time, they were willing to come over with me, but there was a bit of a travel issue there. It was, it was about 25 minutes from my current gym. So I kind of just walked in there with nothing. Start again. Yeah, starting again. I've been kind of a jack of all trades. I'm not the best at one thing, but I'm, I can do everything. Yeah, so you're like a heptathlete. So, all of them. <laughs> yeah, and that's how I like to train my people is they're all-rounders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and to some extent, to be honest, it probably suits the people who were the original client base. As you get older, you need to be functionally good at everything just so you can get out of a chair. And, and uh, we'll pick up your grandkid or whatever the case may be off the floor yeah. screaming because um, I've experienced all those things. So you set up your business. How did you and L get together in business? So when I was at the commercial gym, she was doing work experience at the time and we were up in this office and um, – oh, No, hang on. Do we really want to go there? <laughs> <laughs> we were in this office with, with all, the other, young, all the other staff, all the other staff members <laughs> – and I just, I can see someone that's eager to learn and you can kind of tell by um, their aura, you know. She was there on her day off doing some extra work experience with one of the other trainers and I was like, okay, so she seems keen. She seems like she wants to give this a crack. And As a trainer. As a trainer. And I just hit her up and said, I'm about to start a gym. Do you want to be a trainer there? And then she said, yeah. This is up on the Central Coast? Yeah, this is yeah. on the Central yeah. Coast. And so this is the gym that you bought the client list for? Yeah. So before I went in there, I I sourced L. Right. And then and you worked out that this is somebody who's is good to come into your gym and help out? And just seemed like a good fit for the area. She turned out to be more than that though, didn't she? She did, yeah. yeah. Just on the gyms, is that a franchise system now or are you have you launched any other gyms no, off the back of it? No, I haven't. But no. is, is that an idea for you to, in terms of expansion, like to franchise this? Um, like to be honest, I, I could, I definitely could do that, but it's also, we, we currently run two other companies and it's too much, but it's, yeah. it's, it's tricky because, uh, Elle and I talk about this all the time. There's so much that we want to do. Um, because, you know, we look at, at running businesses, we want it to be fun and enjoyable experience, you know, but it's like, you know, where do we find the time at the moment? But that's definitely in the future. Okay. So let's talk about the other businesses. So, so it seems like to me, you've used this gym business as a source or a launch pad for other businesses that are associated with health and well-being. Yeah, definitely. So what's the the, the next business that you guys went into? Because you're co-founders of the other businesses, aren't you? Yeah, so we um, we launched Bowlerama, which is plant-based smoothie bowls. 
Scott had some spare space at the gym that we decided to turn into Bolarama. Um, it was just a bit of dead space. And at, at the time I was studying nutrition. And so I had gotten to plant-based eating and I started making acai bowls. And um, this was probably just as we started I don't know, talking more relationship wise. And then we were, I would make like acai bowls for dessert. And then we're like, this is really good. Like we should make this as a thing. And there wasn't really anything like that on the coast yet, like on the Central Coast. And so, yeah, we decided that, yeah, Central Coast needs this. And we booked a trip to Bali. And they're like, that is where all the good smoothie bowls are. And so we had a um, like a travel holiday where we did all of our market research. We analyzed every bowl that we ate and we said, what do we like about this bowl? What didn't we like? Could the texture be better? Flavor, all that kind of jazz. Um, came up with heaps of ideas. And I think before we even left Bali, we had called the builder and just said, yeah, let's book it in and just do it. When we started Bolarama, we, we had no idea what we were doing. We just saw an opportunity in the space that I that we have in the gym and we thought you know what let's turn this space into a little bar part of the thinking was um I've got excess capacity here I've got to make the capacity the, the extra space work for me because I'm paying rent you're paying rent or did you own it I own it yeah you own the property yeah. okay so it doesn't matter it's um opportunity costs you've got to buy it and you've got to mm. pay interest on the loan all that sort of stuff so it's opportunity cost so there's opportunity cost being lost here in terms of the spare space I've got to make this work for me because when you own real estate, whether you own it or rent it, you've got to get a return on every square meter. Mm. If you own a gym, you've got to put in maybe equipment or you've got to get people in there, training people to make sure that every square meter is working for you. Yes. You know, that's, that's how it works. If you've got 50 square meters, you could probably say, well, I need to have, I can put 10 people in 50 square meters, 10 trainers and each person can make me 300 bucks a week if that's the, the model you use and you can work out the mathematics of it. It's a bit like me at, the, at my farm. I know how many ca- cattle I can have per acre. I got to make every acre work. And if there are acres there that I can't put cattle on because it's rocky or something, I got to work out what I can do with that to make it work for me because mm. otherwise there's loss of opportunity. Yeah. So what you've done is you've seen there's an opportunity but how'd you work out how to market it? Well, I think uh, Scott ex- explains it a very um, accurate way. Like, you know, we're jumping off a cliff and as we are coming closer to the ground, we start assembling the plane. So we've kind of just like, we've gone out and then learnt along the way. Um, but yeah, we basically just use Instagram as our way to build the business. It was new for the on the Central Coast. Yeah, it was Coast. exciting. So it was, um, you got a lot of cafes that are doing, that are doing smoothie bowls, but it was different because... We weren't doing, you know, toasted sandwiches, bacon, egg rolls and smoothie bowls. Mm. We were just – it's like going to a boxing gym, but in that boxing gym they've got all free weights and everything else where if you go to a boxing gym and they've just got the ring, you know, okay, this is legit. This is yeah. just purely mm. boxing. So we, we kind of – that's what we did. Just pure smoothie bowls, smoothie bowls and be the best at it. I don't want to go to a place, as you say, it's got bacon, egg rolls and a whole lot yeah. of stuff because that's probably mm. the, the plant-based thing is probably right at the bottom of the list. You're promoting yourselves as specialising in this. Correct, yeah. How did you get that story out? How did you use Instagram? So what did you put up there? It's tricky because we very much go a lot off how we feel about something. So whatever we do, if we feel right about it, we'll just lean ourselves into it. and Hope for the best. And <laughs> hope for the best, but also we know that – you just, you know, you just know, you know, and we kind of knew that there was a gap in the market and it's almost like if we just gave this a red hot crack, we can make it work because we've got no real competition. 
Elle's a bit of a perfectionist. I'm the guy that, you know, a bit of a bull at the gate and Elle's kind of the one to slow, slow it up a little bit and really perfect things. So it kind of, it does work together. Yeah, we just started taking these photos and then all of a sudden people were grabbing our bowls and then eating them all and over taking the place a photo. and taking a photo and then people all of a sudden wanted to be uh, on, our, on our page and then we started building this community through our page. So everyone that sent us a message, we get X amount of messages a day and these people are like, oh, my God, you guys, read, you, you, you message me. Yeah, so that's an important point. When people DM'd you, you actually went back and responded, mm. which is pretty unusual um, and uh, people engaged with you. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was other people sharing, say, on a story, then you reshare the story, but then you also might reach out and go, hey, can you please send us through the photo and we will, you know, upload it on our grid? And they're like, yes. And um, we'll tag you. And then they got the tag. And then, you know, they're really happy because they're a part of it. So what we started to realize is it was more than just smoothie bowls, it was people going out of their way. And you've almost changed the direction of someone's day. So someone that's used to going, getting up and going to work. Now they get up, they go to Bolarama. We welcome them. Hey guys, what's going on? And, you know, figure out who these people are. And that might become, become part of their, their Friday routine. And then all of a sudden we're building this this community. So what happened during COVID? Um, well, we really just focused on the community and making everyone feel like they were still part of something. So we, um, we're we very big on having a healthy lifestyle and exercising and eating healthy as well. So we set up um, like little challenges like 5K challenges for five days and then they'd come and get a smoothie bowl as well. And, you know, you'd like reward- a takeaway. Yeah, 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 and you reward them because we got in um, coconut bowls as well, like the reusable coconut shells that you can use as bowls. And then once they had completed their 5Ks for five days, we'd reward them with a reusable coconut bowl. And we just try and make people feel a part of everything. Um, we even did a community cookbook that was completely free and we got everyone in our community to send through, well, not everyone, but we reached out to a lot of people to send through their own plant-based recipes and we created this cookbook with our graphic designer and we sent that out to everyone um, throughout COVID as well. Who's the creative one out of you two? Um, I think I we, we honestly, we just, we, we bounce off each other very well. It's like if one of us down, I've got to save Elle's down, I'll, I'll focus on bringing Elle up. And if I'm down, Elle will focus on bringing me up. A lot of people would think it's challenging working together as a couple, mm. but I think it's, you know, one of the greatest superpowers you can have. Like if I you're, think because we were friends for so long before. So We kind of just work in conjunction with each other. So because during that, COVID period, you know, what you're saying to me is that's pretty cool stuff, like, you know, a recipe book because everybody likes to talk about themselves mm. and everybody likes to participate in that sort of stuff. So here's my recipe or here's my grandmother's recipe. Mm. Yeah, shine the light on them as well and make people feel a part of it. Yeah, yeah totally. Through COVID, like, we were completely, like, just at home. Our gym was shut down. Bolaram we shut for a little bit just because, I like, I through the first COVID lockdown, sorry, um, just because we didn't know what was happening and then we realised, okay, takeaway was still a thing. So that's why we really tried to hone in. You're in charge, you know, you don't want to play victim. Like I, I guess I saw a lot of people, you know, down and out with COVID, but it's it's that mindset that's got to change that you've got to lean into this and you've you've got people that are relying on you. So with the gym, with, with it being closed, you know, I, I just ran Zoom sessions for everyone. Sometimes I get one pe- person show up to my Zoom but I'm still showing up for them. And it's like, you don't want to let anyone down. They're all relying on you to be open when everything reopens. Mm. That sense of community is pretty important. Mm. Instagram can be quite intimate. It seems to me like you've took something to the central coast, which you saw as an opportunity to create a movement around plant-based food. Mm. 
Where did that idea come from? Zell? Yeah, yeah. It was me just after traveling and I decided eating more plant-based foods. Um, and, yeah, I think because the coast didn't have anything like that that was just vegan and even going over to Bali and getting, like, more inspo for their places as well, um, we also made our shop very pink. So we're very pink and white and we want it to be very recognizable, kind of like how Cadbury is purple. You know, when you see pink and a smoothie bowl, you automatically think Bolarama. So we really tried to build upon um, that brand and just making it very, like, obvious. We wanted to, one, create this brand, but also become more of a niche. And, and because, like, vegan diets were becoming more popular, so we're like, we need to jump on that as well. We'll quickly go to break. I'm going to come back. I want to talk about how do you expand a business like this, you know, through franchises? How do you build further distribution out like um, Bolarama? And then I want to talk about your third business after that. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss wow nice yeah what you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on bomba socks underwear and t-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds yeah that plush and the best part for every item you purchase bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Well, back from the break, I want to just quickly talk about how do you expand your capacity? In other words, get economies of scale. Hmm. For a business like Bolarama, do you franchise it? Yeah, we're in the process of franchising now. We've got one at the moment. And we own two. So, so you've got, you got two running now, yep. so two company owned yep. by yourselves. And then one franchise. One franchise. You want to create a team. So we've got um, a good solicitor and we've got a great accountant and we kind of focus on monthly meetings and we all work together as a team on how to build this out. So we're the ones that focus on innovating the company and the solicitor and the accountant are the ones that manage the financing. What's your franchise model look like though? We work off um, a royalties and then a marketing fee. And the way we we like to do it um, at the moment is that if someone wants to come in and they want to purchase one of these, um, these stores, the way it works is they find a the location. Elle and I, we go down and assess the location. We make sure it's the right fit. So we have one coming up um, that's in the in the works at the moment, which is in Penrith. So we went down to Penrith and for us, we're very much more coastal kids. So we, we love being along the coastline. Penrith is not a place where we'd open one personally, but then we've got to put faith in the franchisee to make sure that they feel happy about opening one and if it's going to work. So you're kind of letting everything go into their hands and relying on them that they can make this work by following our systems, as long as they keep our systems in check and in order, you just really break down, make sure they've got the right personality, make sure they've got the right work ethic, make sure they've got finances behind them as well. So 
you don't want to just bring these up and open these out to everyone. So we get inquiries every week to open one, but we're very picky on who opens these. But we don't want to blow up and have, you know, a thousand of these stores. We want to grow at a steady rate where it's all controllable. But sometimes these things do grow really quickly. The question is if you've got 100 inquiries, the question always for everybody because I've been through this process many times is, do I take the 100 inquiries and do I grow it really fast mm. um, or do I wait and grow it more slowly but someone then comes up with another idea similar to mine and they or something happens during that process that can affect negatively affect my franchise business. So in my businesses, my usual response is I take as many as there are. So if they're all on the table, if there's 20, 30 on the table, I, I, I just load up and I take them all. Some will drop out. Mm. Mm. but won't work out to be such a good franchise. You know, you you, you got to manage them. Yeah. You do get franchise problems. Franchises yes. can be a problem. Yes. So even the shiniest person who sits in front of you, they're all wonderful, then there's something about them you don't know. Yes. Oh, yeah. and, there's um, yeah. there's right. always something you don't know. And unfortunately you don't find out until the franchise is signed, they're up and running, you've invested six months of your time into it, they've invested money in six months of their time and then they fuck it up. Mm -hmm. Um, It'll happen. I just, what's your approach? A lot of it comes down to mindset. It's being able to not get emotional about certain things. If the franchisee is complaining about something or it's dealing with, with things in appropriate ways, you're working, they're almost a business partner. So it's not letting your emotions and everything get tied up um, with these franchisees, but all they need to do is follow the system and you've also got to help them through this process. It's tricky because you're going to come across this. We read um, Janine Ellis's book and she says you're going to get sued, but there is a time where you're going to get sued and it's like, you know what, you can see how it happens, but let's say you get sued and your mindset isn't right, you need to work through all these problems. Mm-hmm. So your goal is to get how many franchises? What would you like to see? So we would, Yeah, we would like to see getting up to 20. So we want to see how we feel running 20 because, again, we don't want to be running 20 and not enjoying the process. Yeah, exactly. And in starting, like not without going into too much detail, you know, we've had a couple of bad experiences. So I think we're a little bit more not reserved, but a little bit more careful in growing too quickly because it's like we really need to do our research on who are, who are these people, um, what are their intentions, are they going to be in the business, are they actually going to listen to our advice and they're going to take it on or are they just going to be, you know, headaches that are causing more drama for us than than good. It's hard to do character assessments though. Mm. When you see someone who's, you think they're going to be hopeless, sometimes they turn to be good and someone looks like they're going to be fantastic and they turn to be hopeless. Oh, 100%. It's, it's, <laughs> so it's a constant management process, yeah. constantly managing, constantly managing. Franchising is a tough business, mm. but if you get it right, you can kill it. You yeah. Can, you can kill it. Yeah. I want to talk about the third business you guys are in. Um, so the third business that we have is Forward Form. So that's our new baby that we have launched um, just the end of January. But you have ago. a baby, don't you? We have a real baby A real well. baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah You've just had a baby. Yeah. Uh, he is 16 months. 16 months. Okay. Yeah. And how old is the other baby, Forward Form? Forward Form is? About a year in the making three and <laughs> about three months old. Yeah. So what's yeah. Forward Form? Forward Form is a natural supplement company. Um, so we have formulated our very own vegan protein in chocolate and vanilla, a daily super greens blend, which has a blend of 32 different uh, fruits, vegetables and herbs. And then our last one is pre-workout as well, which is a natural pre-workout. On those super greens, my God, like, you know, I've taken them on and off, but like when I pour them in the cup and I smell <laughs> it and, I, and put the water in it, oh, fuck, I, I just think I feel like I'm going to puke, especially yeah. first thing in the morning. <laughs> And then I went through a process of mixing that with a protein drink, mm-hmm. and uh, but that just 
protein drinks, generally speaking, don't taste great either. They're okay. They're drinkable. But uh, they don't taste great. And Wait till you, you taste ours. Put the green shit in there <laughs> and it fucks that up. So you end up. <laughs> so I, I'm just curious how you how you formulate. Yeah, so we actually work in with our clinical nutritionist, naturopath, and formulation experts. And so they basically say, what product do you want to make? And is there anything specific that you want in the product? And then they will create something, um, send us some samples, and then we approve it, you know, make any adjustments and whatnot. Um, and that's how we've come up with our, our greens powder. But the reason that we actually got into supplements is from Bolarama because we were using a vegan protein. And when we were going through all of our costings and we're trying to get everything down, protein was like, you know, almost $2 for one scoop. And we're like, this we is weren't just, really making profit yeah, on, on, not on viable the protein at all. Was it a pea protein or something? Uh, yeah, it's a pea protein isolate with like watermelon seed, um, protein and also pumpkin seed protein. And yeah, so the guy who helped us formulate it is the guy that Scott bought his gym off ages ago. So we've kind of like done a full circle. And oh, the, I, the guy upstairs. Yeah. yeah and so. I actually used to see him when I was 14 for nutrition advice as well. So it's, um, yeah, it's oh, really He's weird. a nutritionist. He's, yeah. a, he's a naturopath. Naturopath. Yeah, naturopath, yeah. nutritionist. Full circle. Again, yeah. relating back to when you see someone and you know that they've got that, you know, that hunger in them. I remember when he was seeing his, his clients, you know, he was very his one on one clients dealing with health issues and and everything going on. He was very thorough. He was mm. very like you know at one point I think he was Australia's leading naturopath and just the way that he'd he'd come across with his clients, um, the extra work that he'd put in, like you know he was booked out and he, and he was legit. As you grow businesses, the whole thing is is networking and having a, a good support crew, a good um, you know foundation of people that you can bounce off. So you know graphic designers, solicitors, accountants, bookkeepers, like these these people all play a massive role in in your success. And once you get those people on your team, then it just helps you in order to grow. All these things are sort of all life, health and lifestyle related, mm. which all start off in a gym um, to some extent. And now what you're trying to do, it looks like what you're doing is you're just leveraging the same cost base. We're trying to link everything together. And the way that this works is we're not trying to, we're not going off the beaten track. We're, we're keeping on the same path. So now Ford Form is the powder that we use throughout Bolarama. So as okay. we as we open up more franchises, uh, they will all be using Ford Form Protein. So and less than two bucks a scoop. Less than two bucks a scoop. Yeah, it's locally manufactured. Yeah. How strict are you about going into the provenance of where the peas are sourced from? Is it Australian based peas, or the peas come from I don't know some other place in the world? Or how does it work? Do we grow the peas here? Yeah, it it depends how. So yeah, there's definitely ingredients that come from overseas, but again, it's it's producing a quality protein. Everything that we do is always quality and we feel that the reason why, let's say, Ford Form is building at a rapid rate is because people already have trust in what we do. So we never do anything that's, you know, left wing, you know, and I guess I guess we look, look at Elon Musk at the moment. So everyone now wants to get a Twitter account, whether only because they believe in what he's doing in the future. So I guess, you know, for us to continue to grow these businesses, they're always going to stay in the health and fitness because we've we've already done X amount of things in order to build trust with with our community and and people. So in terms of forward form though, are you going to how are you going to distribute that? Is this an online distribution business? So this one's a little bit different because obviously the gym is very localized. If you're in the area, you can come to the gym. Bolarama 
as well as very localized because it it's going to thrive wherever you are, uh, wherever the store is. Whereas with forward form, it's a bit of a different ball game because now we can, you know, we can go international and um, we've had orders from like Canada and the US, which has been really exciting. But now it's like we're learning new things because now we're not just a localized business where, you know, we can be bigger and it has the potential to grow. Once you learn the formula to running a business, mm. it's it's kind of makes it a lot easier to understand. Let's say, you know, profit margins. We made the we made a massive mistake when we first opened Bolarama. We turned over 500K and then realized that we were losing money on one of the bowls we were selling. But they're the lessons that you need to, they're the life lessons that you need to learn in order to grow. And, you know, it it's it's hard but you've got to cop it on the chin and you've just got to understand that, hey, I learned that in a year. People go to university and spend X amount of money to learn over X amount of years. I just learned that like that and now I can fix it and address it. So mm. all these things that we've learned over our last 10 years, we've built into forward form. So it's a bit like that, you know, asking God for wisdom and God gives you a problem to solve. Exactly. Just character yeah. building problems. Yeah. You, you know, you've solved the problems and as a result of that you've got the, the the wisdom around those items and you've now transferred that wisdom into other businesses. What What's your story in relation to forward form? So, you know, why would I buy that and not buy the manshake or why, who, by the way, is a, you know, guy from up your way? Well, I think you're buying into the brand's ethos and like their mantra. So, so what is it? So we're always um, – it's called forward form, the continuous improvement of oneself. So we basically wanted it to be an extension of Scott and I, and, you know, we're always on the go, on the hustle, um, whether we're working out, we're going for a run or going for a surf or whatever, we're like supporting our health with natural products. And we know exactly what's in the products. All the ingredients are readable. There's no numbers or anything like that. Um, yeah, it's really pure ingredients, which is kind of what we've have, um, taken from Bolarama as well is just keeping everything pure. And every, every order you get like an affirmation card, you know, which is motivated, motivated by the fear of being average. So it's just, we just want to, we want to run businesses that we want, we have fun with, you know, I think I was saying to Elle the other day, like the biggest success for us is to have a family. Like we have, we've got a little boy, Max, and you know, that's success. Mm. The rest of it is just having fun. Sounds like you guys are on a, a pretty good trajectory. And as you said, you're having fun. Um, and you're measuring your success, I think importantly, by the family you raise, which I could once asked that question and that was the answer. You know, how do you measure success? And I said you measure it by the family you raise. Mm. Um, the rest of it, I agree, is fun. It's, and if you're not having fun with it, then it, it might not be cut out for you, you know. Yeah. And we always got to, um, you know, I, I see a coach myself um, all about mindset, so nothing about business. It's all mindset and the earlier you start tapping into creating that strong mindset, like, you know, the, the stress that you put on yourself is on yourself. Like that's all up to you. So I look at myself, you know, five years ago and going through, you know, challenges that we'd face now, there's no way I'd be able to cope with it. I'd spiral. But now it's, you know, you deal with it and you, you move on and you grow from it. Mm, so resilient. on that vein, um, mm -hmm. what question you got for me? Mm. I guess... Our question is, how do you keep your mindset in check? So do you have something each day that you live by, like a mantra or when, you know, if times do get tough in your life, do you come back to something? I don't have a mantra as such. I mean, I have things I I, I adhere to. So I, I have a, a five words that I use all the time, um, but I have used for forever. Um, and it's uh, the first word is work. 
working is really important. We're, we're built to work. Um, at least I'm built to work genetically, physically and mentally. So hard work is really important. Play is the second word um, because you can't just work all the time. You've got to have balance and uh, you balance that with play. And play can mean any number of things for everybody else but there's things that I use to flip me out of work and into a different state of mind and what I call play. You know, it includes going to the gym, etc. things like that. Um, the, the next one is uh, um, fight. Now, I don't mean fight, but I do mean literally fight. I do fight, but um, but I mean fight but in a business sense and in a, in a life sense, fight for what's worth fighting for. So always have a something you believe in, a mission that you believe in fighting for, like it's really important. Um, and But don't fight for anything that's not worth fighting for. So if it's not worth fighting for, don't do it. Give it up. Love. So you've got to actually be passionate about what you do you're going to love what you do um so if you don't if you find that there's a gap you don't you don't warm to it anymore then get out of it don't do it just move away so you must love and then finally believe believe in something i don't care whether, whether it's buddha or muhammad or jesus or whatever believe in something in a spiritual sense and it could be anything anything Outside of the the mainstreams, some other thing it might be. I don't know. You might believe just Mother Nature, but believe in something and live by that belief. But you've got to have something. You've got to have some spirituality associated with yourself, and it doesn't have to be about God. It can be about anything. So I live by those. That that they're the things I live by. They're pretty simple. I live by those. But I'm also one of those guys. It doesn't matter. I don't give a shit. Yeah, I just don't give a shit. Yeah. And I never have. Yeah. Um, I don't do it for the money. I do it because I want to do it and I want to make a difference. And I think you get the biggest joy, um, you know, let's say when we get sales for Ford Form, it's, we don't look at the money. We, we look at and then if someone reaches out and says, hey, the product's amazing, that's what gets the fire in our belly. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I because anyone who's just worried about the money, you're going to have problems at some stage because it stops at some stage or it doesn't work out the way you want it or you spend too much. I mean, don't worry, I don't get me wrong, I do think about these things, but it doesn't overwhelm me. Yeah, yeah. I won't let it overwhelm me. So that's my mindset um, and I stick to routines. Uh, no matter what happens, I stick to my routines. I never change my routines for anyone, for anything, ever, um, ever. And, uh, my st- I, and I, therefore I don't allow myself to think weird thoughts. Yeah, yeah, because uh, right. you know, yeah. if once you get out of your routine, you start thinking weird thoughts. Mm-hmm. It's fu- yeah, it's because you open the door and all this shit floods in. You know, like uh, yeah. But I'm a big believer in routine, and part of my routine is I, I'm a heavy trainer. I mean, I probably overtrain, especially especially for my age. But it's sort of um, it's my valium. Mm, you know? release as well. so, yeah, it's, routine is massive for us. Yeah, and routine is very important. Yeah, it's critical and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that's sort of hopefully that answers your questions. They're, they're all soft skills, so to speak, but they've got nothing to do with running a business. But, you know, they're the things I, I, I when I know there's shit coming down the down the tunnel towards me and it's not, it's not the light at the end of the tunnel, it's the fucking train coming towards me. Um, you know, I know I can – and I see it. I can see it right now in, our, in, our, in the Australian economy, like within millimetres in economic terms, in economic terms with millimetres with a drama happening in Australia economically, I can see it coming. Um, I won't let that overwhelm me. 
Unfortunately for me, I can see these things forward because I've been through these processes before. Just um, history repeating I just, itself. It yeah. always does and I, I can see it coming. And uh, But I don't let it overwhelm me. Um, I sort of manage my way through the process and that basically just means you got to start cutting your costs and just might not happen. Like when COVID happened, my yellow big road business, I just cut my costs. Turned out I didn't need to after four or five months and then I – went back and expanded my cost. So I always keep myself flexible. And I saw a quote, it was um, entrepreneurship is like a spiritual journey. Like the only way you're really going to learn about yourself is going through all these challenges that you face, you know, and it's it's one of the greatest lessons in life, I think. it's. It was John Kavanagh says, the, you know, Conor McGregor's coach, um, as John says, it's win or learn. There's no losing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, just keep learning. Yeah, yeah. you're Definitely. winning and learning. So what the hell? There's no loss on that. Yeah, yeah. Winning definitely. and learning. Winning, and learning. If things aren't going right, I'm learning. Yeah. Um, yeah. If things are going well, I'm winning. Yeah. So we always say like, um, when things are happening to you, you always think, okay, this is happening for me. So how can I learn from this, and how can I grow from this? Because even when you think you're at your rock bottom, you know, you might be at your rock bottom once, twice, five times, 20 times in your life. But every time that you hit your rock bottom again, you would have learned stuff from the previous time and then you'll be able to get out of it, you know, quicker. It's seasonal. Yeah. It's seasonal. Yeah, everything, yeah. everything happens mm. in cycles. Yeah. Mm. Everything, even your heart rate so and your brain waves and everything that's around you. So everything, you know, the noise, vibrations, you know, everything is cyclical and just expect the cycles and, and shit happens. Mm. <laughs> El, Scott, thanks for having us. It's been a pleasure. Thank, Thank you for having us. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Mentor with Mark Boris. Audio and production is by Jessica Smalley. Production assistance, Simon McDermott. This is a mentored podcast.